Welcome to Health Butts and Guts, on the forefront of intestinal health and nutrition. Tune in with Mel and Kel for enlightening tales of coffee enemas, perennial bleaching, and holistic teachings. Lovely. Phones are on vibrate. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, I'm shaking. Why? I don't know, my armpits are wet. Oh, definitely smells like onions. <laughs> it I does? Anxiety. Look at my hands. That's crazy. And maybe it's from the tea you were drinking from the caffeine. I don't know. I just feel like I'm going to have like a, like a panic attack. Like I can't swallow. My whole body's like... Ugh. But I feel, I feel okay. I do? I do. It's funny that you're, it's not funny, it's ironic that you're saying that because I pulled up these facts about your body uh-huh. and two of the things you just talked about are on, are the, some of the facts. What is it? What do you mean? Okay. Well, the, the armpit sweats, oh, it's not on this one. Oh, it is. It is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Cortisol. The stress hormone only leaves your body through sweat or tears. Really? Yeah. You don't don't lose it and it stays in your body in fat cells instead. Is cortisol good? Cortisol is like the fight or flight um, chemical in your body. Yeah. It's the fight one, I think. Well, my, then it's all fighting right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just um, like is your, I think it's your stress your stress hormone. Yeah. There you go. I just read it. It's the stress <laughs> hormone. Yeah. Um, so you're clearly stressed, whether you want to admit it or not, that your body's expressing it that way. That's good, though, because that means am I, is my body, like, detoxing right now? Like, am I, like... Yeah, if you're sweating it out. If I'm not holding on to the stress. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. What's the other one? Okay. The other one about the swallowing says you can only swallow... <clears throat> two to three times before your body forces you to wait to try again. Try it. Try it. Just try to swallow. Once. Do it again. Two. I'm trying. I can't even do it. <laughs> I can't even do it two times in a row. I tried to do it earlier when I was reading okay, these two. to prep. One. Two. Oh, the third one was pretty hard. I, that's like really hard. Yeah. Why? What is that? I, there is no explanation. These are just, <laughs> I pulled this from um, BuzzFeed. The article is 33 facts about the human body that will make you realize you don't know anything about the thing you're living in. There is a disclaimer though that says, Oh my God. It's just saying that like this um, author tried to pull as many like medical, um, resources for these facts but not all of them she was able to do that for gotcha. so obviously do your own research oh but God. yeah those are two that you brought up which is very interesting ironic you know yeah okay these ones are this one's fun this is the last one okay did you know that your forearm is the same length as your foot I think I did know that actually. Put your foot because you can you could put a shoe, 
right here. I, I'm pretty positive. I, I mean, you that. have to be pretty flexible. To it's do it. exactly. It's it's, it's right. exactly it. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? I'm gonna try the other arm. What if it was a skinny? <laughs> for me, walking on bones. That would be amazing because I have wide feet. I have like tinier ones. I think I have the smallest. Oh, I can't. I can't do this. My armpits smell oh. so bad. I'm so stressed out. My left one isn't as flexible. Oh, my left one isn't as flexible, but it's the same. I want to take a cool. picture of you doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone try and put their foot from the the from the line, right? The wrinkle line on your wrist to It's just the, through your out from your elbow yeah. to your wrist. Yeah, your forearm. Yeah, yeah, cool, cool. <laughs> In case you don't know what your forearm is. <laughs> oh, I like that one. Yeah. Are there any more? There's a lot. There's 33. Do you want another one? Oh, um, okay. Let's just do one more. Okay. Do you want it to be funny? Yeah, because I need to laugh. <laughs> okay. Damien, literally, like, my day started shitty. <laughs> Sorry. I was... Literally? In, literally. Like, I was in the shower, and I'm like, babe, are you, are you pooping right now? And he was like... Yeah, I'm sorry. I was waiting for you. And I'm like, I'm taking a hot shower. Like, that's a hot poo sauna in here. Like, get me out. Oh, do you I have did, a I window? I felt like I needed to. I do have a window oh. in the shower, but I felt like I needed to shower again. So I was like. Ew, yeah. That's <laughs> gross. Ugh. I want to vomit. That's disgusting. Is he going to murder you for saying this? No, because I'm, I'm probably positive I've done it to him. So it's just <laughs> going to be war now. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah. Usually he's courteous, but this time maybe he couldn't wait because we're in Vegas and he's, Ooh, yeah. he's oh. and like yeah. I'm like, babe, if we had wallpaper, like it would be peeling off the wall. <laughs> Your nose hairs are birdie. You're stingy. Oh my god. Yeah, couldn't he have so done gross. like a courtesy flush? He did. Oh. As soon as I said, Are you taking a crap? <laughs> <laughs> Does your shower water get hot when you flush the toilet? No. Mine doesn't either. If you like brush your teeth, like if you use the hot water in the sink, you can feel a temperature change, but oh. not when you flush the toilet, which is weird because we have an old craftsman house. Like yeah. It's old. Hmm. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Did you find it? Yeah. Okay. This okay. one's kind of fun. You can try it too. You can't hum with your nose plugged. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, start humming and then plug your nose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work. It's because, like I feel like that noise comes out your nose. Like when yeah. I, I can feel the change, the a pressure into my throat when I do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It goes down when it's supposed to be like, mm-hmm. like in your nose. Mm-hmm. Your nose is an instrument. <laughs> that's what we should be taking pictures oh my god all right i like that one okay that's um, a good one are you ready for christmas because i know <sighs> last time you were like decoration so early and i know i didn't get a tree this year you didn't no i Why? didn't i don't know so this year is hard last year was harder yeah. But I think, I don't think I'm in denial of like decorations. You know what I mean? Like, I I don't know why. I, I guess I was just busy. Maybe that's just my excuse. I don't know. But yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I, I didn't get, I, I don't know. I don't even know what to say. Like, I didn't get a tree. I, I, I'm having a hard time this year. Really? Yeah. Want to talk about it? Yes, I do. Because I feel like a lot of people um, have a tough time around the holidays. Mm-hmm. Whether you lose your mom, your dad, your best friend, your baby, anything. Yeah. So I decided I would share my story with you. And I have a big, big box of tissues right here. I know. I was going to say, I'm going to need some too. Um but I knew that I was going to share this story with you, so I went and found like some stuff from my pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Um, before I start telling you my story, I'm going to read something to you. Okay. So grab your tissues. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Dearest April's sister, aloha. <clears throat> oh, God. You don't know me. I'm Roxanne. Oh, God. Maybe you want to read it. You want it. me to read it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Dearest April's sister, do you want me to say the date? Um, it doesn't matter. Okay. Aloha, you don't know me. I'm Roxanne. I know your sister's husband. I had the honor of being asked to create a blank, a blanket for your son. I understand and I'm aware of the circumstances regarding your precious baby. I am so very sorry for my own experiences. I know that every acknowledgement carries that bittersweet emotions. However, I do know that our loved ones that have journeyed on to soon carry that special place in our hearts as well as in our lives. With that said, please accept this blanket and hat that I made for you out of love and excitement for the arrival of your son. He was already loved and his beautiful spirit will be remembered and cherished, just like my precious grandson. 20, 2008, Little Hawk. He was full term, stillborn. And my beautiful twin, micro preemie granddaughter, 2009, two pounds, seven ounces, hummingbird, survived only a few hours before passing from respiratory issues. If you don't mind me asking what his name is, and if I'm overstepping, forgive me. I ask only to put it out into the universe when I ask for prayer. And give thanks, and give thanks. Sincerely, Roxanne. Oh, Hannah. So, um, she gave my sister gave me that the blanket and the um, the little baby hat, and I was like, did not want it. Like I didn't want anything. Like I didn't want to have feelings. And so, my sister still has this hat and the blanket. And she's like, do you want me to get rid of it? Do you want me? I'm like, no, I want her to keep it until one day that I can look at it. Yeah. It's been almost three years and I still can't go look at it. But I wanted you to see that because I'm not the only one that has gone through this. And um, it's just like a reminder that people go through really hard things and um, it's okay. It's okay to feel... Like, you know how I'm like, oh, Christmas, oh, decorations, oh. Yeah. Like, even this lovely, amazing letter, like, hurt my feelings. You know what I mean? So, it's like, we all deal with things differently. Me, personally, like, I hide my feelings. But it's like, when people do things like this for you, like, a complete stranger, like, she doesn't know me. Yeah. She was making this blanket for me. And she, she must have been doing it for some reason because 
she had lost, you know? And so it's like, you can always associate your stories with someone. So that's why I'm going to share my baby story with you. And, um, yeah, so I found that when I was looking for my papers. And right now I'm looking at this other thing that's like a um, prenatal yoga series, which when I was... um, I think I was four months pregnant and I was going to these prenatal yoga classes. So Mm -hmm. this was really cool because I'll I'll basically let's start from the beginning. Okay. So, um, in September of 2018, I found out I was pregnant and I wasn't mad. I wasn't happy. I wasn't sad. I wasn't excited. I was just like, it was just reality. Like, I was like, oh, shit, babe. Like, we're pregnant. Yeah. You know? Like, I didn't really want kids. Like, I had decided, like, ah, oh, you know, like, it's maybe not for us. Like, we just have such a lovely life. Like, Damien and I are madly in love. We could travel. We could, you know, like, do all these things. We've worked our journeys out together. And um, all of a sudden, this baby comes into our life. We're like, oh, my God. Okay. Um, so, I noticed... Um, that I wasn't like, like attached right away. I'm like, oh my God, all these people keep telling me like, congratulations, congratulations. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. And everyone was like, so excited for me. And I was really nervous about that. Cause I was like, what? Like, I don't, I don't feel what everyone's feeling for me. And these people yeah. are telling me I'm going to have this amazing thing, this amazing thing. So, uh, I decided to start going to a, um, like, well, I was going to a life coach, but I would go to like the prenatal yoga um, groups with these women. And they told me like we'd go around in a circle. And I remember being like, I'm here because I'm newly pregnant, but I can't like connect with my baby. Mm-hmm. And all these girls, all these stories, you know, everyone's like, I'm here and I'm, you know, third time in vitro that we it finally, you know, stuck and I'm so mm-hmm. excited. And I just remember everyone being there because they were so excited and so thankful to be there. Mm-hmm. And my shitty attitude was like, I'm, I mean, it's really not shitty, you know, like I think of it as shitty, but it was m- truth, you know, like yeah. I'm here and I'm pregnant, but I don't know how to connect with this baby and I, well, I want to, right? I want to love it as much as I can. So do you feel like you had to love it because everyone else was loving it and that was what you should do? Yeah. Like but I you felt were like feeling inside, it. like I wasn't doing I was like these people are telling me these feelings but I'm not having these feelings. Mm-hmm. Like I there was no connection at all like I, but I also didn't feel the baby at this point. It was very early, right? Yeah, yeah. And when you first get pregnant like I so I started going to like the doctors, you know, doing the checkups and so one thing with that was um, they when I first found out I was pregnant they mm-hmm. you know they do your blood tests and everything and um, the they found marijuana in my system mm. which of course everyone knows I'm very open about smoking and so the doctor's like oh you know there's marijuana in your system just so you know if you have the baby and there's marijuana in your system you know they they can take your baby away. I'm like, oh my gosh, like who would smoke knowing that they're, of course, yeah. like I just found out I'm pregnant. Like, you know, like I was on a bachelorette party the weekend before, you yeah, know, of course yeah. there's probably alcohol, you know, I was very worried. Like, oh my God. And he's like, your baby's tiny. Like yeah. it doesn't even connect to the body yet. I'm like, okay, okay. And so, um, I was going to my doctor's appointments and I was about, let's see how... I don't know. 
I don't even know, like time zones. I guess I should have paid attention to that. But um, I started going to my doctor's appointments. And every time I'd go to my doctor's appointments, they would draw my blood. Mm-hmm. And um, I wasn't liking, I would have to drive all the way to Torrance. I didn't like the doctor. I didn't like the situation that I was in. So I decided, like I have this paper right here. And it's like, I, I switched my, my health care. Okay. Okay. And this is... After going to, you know, like you only go to the doctor a few times during your, like in the beginning of the pregnancy, because they're like, okay, wait till second trimester, you know, like just making sure they make sure size is good. Yeah. But every time I would go, they would just draw my blood and they'd be like, okay, things are good. Like, we'll see you in a month. Yeah. Right? So month three, I'm like, okay, I, I don't like this doctor. I don't like the way, you know, like it's just kind of like cattle call. They push you through. And when the last time I was there, they were having trouble, um, with the sonogram, like finding the baby's heart. And I was mm. like, mm. and she was like, are you sure? You know, you're, I think I was like, I don't know. I don't know how far along I was. And I'm like, yeah, that's what they said. I, I don't know. You're the doctor. You tell me. And she's yeah. like, he's just showing up a little bit smaller than normal. And I'm like, okay. So I go to switch the doctors. Mm. And when I bring all my paperwork, so at this point, I'm, gosh, five months, maybe four and a half months pregnant. I go to switch doctors and I find this wonderful lady and she's so mm-hmm. cool. She's so sweet. And she's like, I'm going to, I'm going to stay in the room cause I'm about to go inside and see everything. Anyway, girl, you don't need to be, you know, you don't need to be scared of me. And she was just so lovely. And I was starting to feel the baby and I was like, Oh, just so excited. Like things were finally falling in yeah. to place. And she was like this doctor, she was like, are you sure that they were, you know, they, they checked your blood. Right. And I'm like, yeah. And she was like, Kelly, okay, let me back up real quick. Sorry. Um, So I also, my family has genetic mutations. And my family inside, on my mom's side, we have a cousin that died from cystic fibrosis. So Mm. I'm very, like, aware of disabilities. And I wanted to make sure that, you know, like, they did everything they could for disabilities because of, and my other cousin has, um, I forget, like a, like, missing... A gene like this, a gnarly oh. genetic mutation like he has like fingers for thumbs like oh. um he doesn't talk you know like oh. pretty severe so I wanted to make sure that they were checking all that from minute one down syndrome everything yeah so um when I see this woman she goes Kelly you've got to go back to the hospital and get all your paperwork she's like the only paperwork that they've given you is she's like They've only checked your blood test for marijuana for the last four and a half months. What? Yeah. And I remember thinking, because obviously my, my intuition so was like very, very weird. Anyways, because I remember thinking when I, the last time they checked my blood, the girl was, they were, she was just, they were off. And I remember her saying like, do you, um, are you smoking cigarettes? And I'm like. I'm four and a half months pregnant. Like, are you out of your mind? Like, yeah, no, I'm not smoking cigarettes. Like I don't, no, like I don't do anything. Like I'm not drinking wine. I'm at nothing. No, there's nothing. Like I don't even smell the wine. (laughs) Yeah. Like what are you talking about? I was just so confused. And so like, of course that was like a flashback when this new doctor is telling me like they only checked you for marijuana for the last four and a half months. And I'm like, oh my God okay, well, what do I, you know, what do I do? And she's like, I'm going to send you to this, um, this other doctor and they're going to do like the whole, like they basically stick that big 
long um, needle in your stomach and then you can do like all the genetics, like they test for everything. Yeah. Is that one called the amnio? Yes. Synthesis? Yes. Okay. So I'm like, okay. And this guy's a new guy too. Like I'm like, okay, this is like a specialized place. And I'm like sitting in there. Um, and at this point it's now, I believe I was at five months at this point. So I go to go do that, like the last check, right? It's yeah. like you go to that last one that when you're in clear. Mm-hmm. And so I go in. But you already passed your first trimester. I was already past my second so. trimester. Yeah. Okay. So that's why she's like, we need to get you in there and get checked. Like yeah. I, cause I was like, wait, 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 wait. Like you guys haven't checked anything. Like what if this is bad? Like, wait, yeah. this is my biggest fear. This is why I've told them since day one that they need to check for genetic mutations. Mm-hmm. Like even I found some paperwork that had like my cousin's genetic, um, like his, like the marker. Yeah. Like what it was and everything. And I was, I just remember like from minute one, like yeah. I was scared of this. Like this is exactly what I was worried about. And so um, I go in, Damien and I are sitting there, and the guy, he he does, like, the big needle. Okay, but in explain my belly. it, because, like, okay, so, so people can visualize okay, it. Okay, so you're, I think I was, I had to get changed into a gown. Okay. And you're in this room. It's like a regular hospital room. Um, and he pulls out a needle that's, like, the size of, it's longer than a pencil, but it's Jeez. skinnier. It's, I mean. Is like, it like an IV needle? Yeah. Or like a shot needle? Yeah, okay. but longer than a pencil. Jeez. And they put like a little dot, you know, like the purple pen on my belly. And my belly was pretty big at the time, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I was like five five or five and a half months. Because this is, this is when shit hit the fan. Yeah. So um, I... I'm laying in the bed and you can kind of, Damien's next to me, but you can see like the, the monitor. And so the guy first, okay, sorry, I have to back up. Before he goes in with the needle, there's a nurse in there and she's asking me these questions and she goes, who told you, who told you that you're having a boy? And I'm like, um, my doctor, <laughs> you know, yeah, which yeah. was like the first woman that had told us, not this new doctor. Right. And she's like, how'd you know? And I was like, they did, you know, like the XY chromosome, and like they did like a genetic testing. I don't know. That, I don't know. I didn't ask questions. Like, yeah. what do you, why are you asking it? And she's like, okay. And she's like, how do you know how far along you are? And I was like, the doctor the told doctor, me. <laughs> like, what do you mean? Like, I'm not making this stuff up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I was just kind of confused. And she's like, okay. And you can, at that point, you can kind of feel like the, something's, something's wrong. not right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, and comes the doctor with his needle and he's like, so who told you that you're having a boy? And I'm like, oh my God. And I'm looking at Damien and he's like, okay, well, let me just tell you. He's like, we're doing, so first he, he does the pokey thing, draws the fluid out and they, they send it off. Wait, but do the, okay. So the, it, when, in my head, when I think uh-huh. of the amniocentesis, I'm like, Okay, obviously the baby's in a sack of water. Right. And then they're going to just stick a needle in your belly. Is there an ultrasound? Are they pushing the baby from one side and then they're going to poke it? No, or... I feel like I was just laying there and they're like, okay, are you ready? And they just took a needle right into my belly. Like right directly in there. Did they numb you at all? No. Did you feel it? Not that I remember. Wow. Okay. So maybe I could be just like honestly blocking this part out because I don't remember I remember it being like a pinch and I remember it being a huge needle 
Yeah. Um, and it being quick. Like, it was just kind of like, ooh. Yeah, yeah. That wasn't comfortable. But when you're pregnant, you're not comfortable the entire... I mean, when I was pregnant, I wasn't comfortable at all the entire time. Like, I was just kind of like that and... Yeah, I hear I that know, a lot. Just like things were weird, you know? Right. Like, you're hyper aware of your body. So something like a little prick is nothing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so... He goes, there's the screen, and he had, like, the little sonogram up, and he's, Mm -hmm. like, showing me. He's, like, so we're asking you these questions. He goes, because he's, like, if you look here, he goes, this baby doesn't have any genitals. He's, like, so if it's a boy, he's, like, it could be a girl, but now you're saying, like, the XY chromosome. He's, like, okay. So he's showing me the screen, and Damien and I are looking at him, like, what are you talking about? What do you you mean? And he was, like... Okay, so this baby has, right here should be some form of an organ. And he's like, there's nothing there. Oh, it's so like if it was so a girl, you'd see ovaries. Right. Or a guy, you'd see like the testicles right. or something. So that's what I was saying. I'm like, okay, so the baby just doesn't have a penis. Who cares? Yeah. But the thing is, is... Wait. It had no it had no organ. Okay, okay. Right. So you're like, okay, if it's not a penis, it's a girl. Right, okay. right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, exactly. And... Um, well, no, and so that's, no. Okay, so when he said that, I was like, okay, so what does that mean to you? Mm. And he was like, well, and also, this baby is very, very, very small. Mm. And I'm like, okay. And Damien instantly just starts crying. And I'm like, oh, my God. But I felt like I went into, like, go mode. Like, I was like, this is, this is like, I, I've been set up for this moment. Like, yeah. I've been waiting five and a half months for this moment. You know what I mean? Like, like mama my, bear coming out. Yeah, like my body knew this the whole time. Mm. And I'm like thinking, like even when I say it out loud now, I'm like that whole connecting with the baby, I'm like, did I know the whole time that something was not going to be right? Did yeah. I manifest that? Did I do that to myself? Who knows? You can't You can't have those questions, of course. It's almost been three years, so if I have those questions. I've had those questions. I've had... We'll go through the depression part, but... Um, so he's like, so here's the thing. This baby has no no organs. So it's not male or female at right. this point. And I'm like, okay. Like and no reproductive organs. Correct. Okay. And um, he was like, and the thing is, is it, it's, it's very small. Very, very small. And I'm like, okay, so what's our, what, what are, what are you, like, what's this mean? Like, mm-hmm. I have a... It has a strong heartbeat. Like, what's the quality of life here? What yeah. What does this look like for us in the future? And he was like, well, after we get the results back, we'll see. But basically, your baby has, like, a 1% chance of making it to birth <gasps> at, at the rate that it's going right now. And I'm like, a 1% chance of making it to birth? Like, okay. And he goes... If you if the baby survives birth, we're gonna wait an hour. You have an hour to see if the baby makes it. If he doesn't make it, that's it. If he does make it past the hour, then we can go in and have surgery, and he can we can turn him into a girl. Basically, like create a vagina and create some form because they have to be able to um, use the restroom, right? Like yeah. you have to get. But they just wouldn't be able to reproduce, right? And I'm like, okay, once again, let's talk about quality of life. You know, mm-hmm. like it doesn't matter whether what you have down there, right? Like what's what's the quality of life? And he was like, well, if if the baby makes it to the surgery, the surgery is successful, um, you have a chance of your baby being 
Best case scenario, um, mildly handicapped. Worst case scenario, it doesn't make it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, so that's when I had to basically, I'm like, how long do I have to like make this decision? Like, mm-hmm. I don't, you know, like what? And he's like, honestly, I don't usually tell patients this. He's like, but he's like, I wouldn't go, I wouldn't go on with this pregnancy. Wow. He, told he was you like, that. Bold. he was very, he was very straightforward. He, his bedside manner wasn't the greatest, but now that I think of it right now, like just saying it out loud, like the way he was just, he was so straightforward that it was like almost like a no brainer. You know what I mean? For me, when, as soon as he said like quality of life and he, he could have been more like compassionate, compassionate, right? (laughs) But he, he wasn't. And I think me, my type of personality needed that because if he was, then I would have probably like been a little bit more wish-washy but but he didn't ask you questions like okay because my my question okay (laughs) your faith but Mm -hmm. also like my question is you already have family that you've seen like living with like disabilities right you also have two brothers that you've in your home daily seen them thriving you've seen them functioning and living and you've seen how they've impacted and changed you personally and you know other people around you so did he it's like to me I would have asked you like would you be able to like live with a child with challenging Mm -hmm. challenges or how do you feel about that? Or maybe here's resources for you to go talk to someone. Because I know someone that regrets it now, but had thought, like, if my kid was born with a disability, like, I wouldn't be able to live with myself. I wouldn't be right. able to, like, know that I, like, did that to my child. Right. But after looking back, I know he regrets it. And he's like, that wasn't my choice to make or someone to like I think a doctor encouraged them too but yeah. that's just the question I would have had for you at that time yeah. before you made that I decision. wish I wish there was a trillion more questions yeah now that I think about it like honestly I think <laughs> Damien and I go deep into conspiracy theories <laughs> and you know sometimes I think you know like I hear that there's like dead baby stuff and vaccinations. And I'm like, that's why that doctor did that. Like, I mean, my mind has gone deep several times where, I mean, I've blamed people. I've said that I'm a murderer. I've said that, you know, like, I mean, I read stories of like doctors telling people that they were, their kid was going to be like severely handicapped. And these kids are like completely normal. Yeah. My friend actually told me that the other day we were talking about like, pro-life, pro-choice, like faith choices and stuff like that. And um, I was like, well, like what if the child doesn't, isn't going to make it or, Mm -hmm. you know, is going to suffer or it's between the mom and the child or the child and the mom, whatever. And she's like, there was a family that she knew. She's like, the doctor told them your child is going to be severely, severely um, disabled. And they they're Christian and they were like, no, we believe like whatever happens, happens. And then the baby was born like perfect. Yeah. I read those stories and I, I like, that's, it's devastating. Yeah. Um, because you don't know, you don't, you don't know if you made the right decision, but, um, 
basically the way my the situation went down was he was like, okay, well, you can go home and think about it, right? Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, and so I'm like, oh, my gosh. Well, the thing is, is I was so far along that there was a new law that had just been placed in, and it was for late-term abortion because I was almost hitting six months yeah. at that point now. Um, I didn't make it to six months. It was like right, right before six months. But we went home and we had to make the decision. Damien and I had to make the decision. And I had the, after talking to the doctor, like I pretty much instantly was like, get this thing out of my body mm-hmm. was my instinct. And I was like, I don't want to just like, just what you said with like living with children with disabilities. I grew up with my brothers having disabilities all my life. My godmom has had kids with disabilities. My mom's best friend's son, you know, like mm-hmm. severe disabilities. But for me, I was thinking like quality of life. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I don't even know. I think I just skipped around right now. But I want to go back to we went home and we had to make a decision and we had to make it within like three days. Mm-hmm. So it why was the three days? Because there was um, f- there's a law for late term abortion. Oh, okay. And once you hit a certain date, it is against the law. Mm-hmm. And so that's where my story really fucking sucks, <laughs> because we didn't have that chance to go get a second opinion, mm-hmm. because I was so scared that I was, and it's. I made my decision based completely fear based, but I didn't get to go have like a second opinion because I had it was either you get a second opinion and they and they're going to give you whatever results they get mm-hmm. and you're going to have to carry, you know, like basically give birth to a dead baby. Yeah. You know, or you make that decision on your own, which I ended up no matter what, I still had to give birth to a dead baby. Yeah. So that was just really, 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 really hard because we didn't have time to go get that second opinion. Yeah. And so to think like having a mindset of like, what if, what if, what if, and going back, because you, you do, you relive your trauma, I mean, daily. Sometimes yeah. I'll, I mean, I'll start crying from a song or whatever. And you try not to blame yourself for those things that you like, Hope that you made the best decision that you could possibly make, right? Yeah. Damien and I still to this day, like, I'm like, I mean, we'll, we can laugh about it, but I'm like, did I give my baby to the vaccines? Like, did yeah. I, you know, like, <laughs> hopefully I gave it to someone good or, you yeah. know, like, there's a lot of things. But at the end of the day, we made our decision based on quality of life and we wanted to not go on with the birth of the baby. So we chose abortion. That was really, 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 really awful because I connected with that baby. Yeah. You know, like I was, I finally, I loved him. We joked around about his name. Yeah. So reading that, um, Damien wanted to name him Tyrone. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Because he thought, he just wanted to like, because I'm like, babe, everyone's going to think he's a brother. Like, he's like, good. Good, like people need to not just assume things, you know, because Damien, yeah. people think he's a brother, you know, and he's like, I don't care. Like, I, I want him to be strong. And, you know, like he yeah. just Dave, he just had a strong opinion about Tyrone. And I, I, it was obviously a joke. But what about you? 
uh, for the name. Yeah. No, but anytime I hear the name Tyrone, like I laugh. Like, yeah, yeah, like, oh, yeah. This is my boy. <laughs> um, but so, oh gosh, what happened next? Okay, so. so but you didn't have decide. a name that you thought of? I didn't have a name. Oh, okay. No. So I just baby T. Yeah, baby Tyrone. Um, so. So you had to schedule, like you had to call and say, this is our choice. What's the next step? So, yes. Yeah, so we called them and we, we made that choice and they said, I'm so sorry. Like this is, it's too late. And I'm like, excuse me. And they were like, you, you can't like, you're on a, basically, I think it was a 48 hours. Like I had 48 hours and this, I'm talking to the head surgeon at the hospital now, mm-hmm. not even my doctor who had like figured this all out. Right. Which was even more confusing because I felt like I had no one on my side, right? I was already, I was literally just meeting the wonderful woman. She yeah. sends me to a new man. This man's just bedside cold as ice. Like, and now I'm trying to find a surgeon yeah. to have a late term abor- abortion. So he, there's nothing. There's like, I'm sorry. So this guy calls me. Because they have me. to schedule it. They have to schedule it. And I had 48 hours to get the baby out. This makes me so upset. Like, it's just the whole medical industry where mm-hmm. they make you with fear and then they have they lack emotion. And so they're like forcing you, like you said, it's like a cattle call. You're like, okay, I guess I have to go here. I guess I have to do that. And you don't really you don't have, have time, time to process. Exactly. Like I couldn't, there was no thinking clearly. Like your emotions are so high. Yeah. You're like, I probably didn't eat. You know what I mean? Like I was just sicker than dirt. Like I was just like, I... I can't function properly. Yeah. Damien can't function properly. His emotions are going crazy. So um, we, the doctor, the surgeon calling me, like I'm on hold. I literally for like probably eight hours trying to, I had like Jeez. pages of different doctors. I had um, the surgeon calling me. He's like, Kelly, okay, stay like I know you're in a really, really bad situation. He's like, know that this is a very rare case. Yeah. And we're doing, and we're fighting for you. He's like, calls me back an hour later. He's like, Kelly, I have a doctor in New Mexico. He's like, we're going to fly you out to New Mexico so you can have your surgery there. And he he calls me back an hour later. He's like, Kelly, you're never going to get this. He's like, we can get you into San Francisco. There's a clinic in San Francisco. Jeez, oh my gosh. And I'm just over here. And mind you, I I have a belly, you know, and I'm just sitting here like, and my baby is alive. I can feel him move, you know, like I'm like. Did you think this was a sign that maybe you weren't supposed to do it? No, this, I, maybe I didn't think that at the time. I was angry. I was pissed off because I was like, why am I in this scenario? Who are you mad at? I was mad at the doctors because I was mad that I couldn't, like, there was nothing I could do about it. Like, I couldn't. You're like this far along. Yeah. Like, I was like, I felt, like, not betrayed, but, like, I felt, like, hopeless. Like, there was nothing I could do, and I'm just waiting for these guys to schedule my surgery to take my baby. You know? Like, it was the weirdest feeling. And like I said, I just wanted it out. Yeah. Which is kind of weird because now I'm like, God, I wish I would have just kept it in, you know? Like, I'm like, yeah. that thing was like, I don't know, maybe not because I I had strong urges to get the baby out. I actually had these really crazy dreams. Really? Yeah. Like, because, you know, you're, you're not really sleeping, so you're like in and out. Like, I remember just like sitting on the couch 
and I had this dream of the, I still can like feel it, but these black beetles like opening my skin and crawling out of my skin. <gasps> oh! And I remember talking to my life coach, and she's like, "Imagine that! Like, think of that! Like, representation and yeah. like having something like literally bugging you, like a bug, like yeah, bugging yeah, yeah. you." And she's like, "And then for it to like coming out of your body," and she's like, "I don't know. It's oh. kind of." That's, that's so stuff, wild, but yeah. I just get, I nerd out on that because I'm like, I still feel those bugs. Still, like, I can feel them. I can visualize <sighs> them. Like, it's real to me. Like, it is a real thing. Did you ever watch Green Mile? Yeah. Is it, like, it reminds me of when he was in prison and he's like, and his whole mouth opens and all of, like, yes. was it locusts or something? Like, comes out. Was it like that? Yes. Oh, but black beetles. But back, they weren't flying. They were just, like, coming out. <sighs> coming out of my body, just... Coming out of my chest, coming out of my skin. You're is, making me girl. I know. I'm sorry. No, it's like I. <sighs> if I'm feeling this way, I can't even imagine like the every, stress. Yeah, like yeah. all of that. <sighs> so he's calling me. Like I said, this was all within like a 48 hour thing, and um, he calls me back finally. And he goes, Kelly, I cleared. Which this I don't I don't even know how to take this because it's like. I got put first, but he's like, I cleared the, the my surgery. Like, I canceled all my surgeries, and he's like, I'm going to take you. And I just remember bawling. He was like, I feel I feel very, like, close to you. You know, I've been mm-hmm. dealing with you. He's like, I feel very sorry for you. And I, at that point, I'm like, you know, like, and he's, I, he even told me, he's like, you know, you have, like, a huge lawsuit, by the way, like, with the whole Oh, the yeah, marijuana yeah, yeah. thing because yeah. me telling him like they never checked me for anything and right. why am I in this predicament like I should be able to make this decision clearly you know mm-hmm. like being able to have time to make second third decisions yeah. but to like be thrown into this is just awful um, so he ends up taking me but he goes the thing is is I'm going to have to you're going to have to come into the clinic and he's like, you're going to have to, uh, we have to start the, it's a 48 hour uh, process. process. And I'm like, oh my God. He's like, can you get down here within the hour? So it's like, I didn't even have, you know what I mean? Like I didn't even get to say goodbye, right? Like yeah. it's just like, can you come down an hour? And I'm like, okay. So I go down to the same freaking clinic that I had to get the the Amnio. yes that big and so I'm like oh my god so I go to this clinic and I'm like okay and they run some tests on me and they're like we're what we're gonna have to do is we're gonna basically like we you do the abortion before the surgery and I'm like what does that mean and he's like okay so they look like cedar sticks like they look like these little things that you like um, match sticks like you um say uh, not sage um what is those little sticks called? Incense. Car- oh, Carla. Oh my God. I feel like I'm playing charades. Oh my right God. Now. <laughs> oh my God. I forget. Santo. Santos. Santos. I don't know. Something Santos. But what is it? Like- it's like a stick that like cleans the air. Okay. Palo Santo. Have you heard of that? No. Okay, it's like a stick that like cleans the air. It's like wood. Okay. And um, is it does it is it kind of like a popsicle stick size? I'm just trying to think no. as far as sizes. It's bigger. <gasps> like a tongue a tongue thing. You know yeah, when you go to the do- the doctor. Not flat, but round. Yeah. Okay. So like a big tongue dispenser, but it's like like a piece of chalk. A little bit smaller than a tampon. Okay. 
Okay, so let's say two. Okay, two pencils put together. Okay. 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 So he's like, we're gonna put these the, the basically the sticks inside of you, and what's gonna happen is it's gonna absorb the the amniotic fluid, the sac, and then okay. your baby will go. And I'm like. But what I'm still concerned about quality of life here. Like, is my baby going to suffocate yeah, inside me? Am yeah. I going to carry this, like, trauma with me, too? Like, how is the baby going to die? Like, is it going to suffocate? I don't know. What's going to happen? Yeah, yeah. He's like, no, it's it's not a big deal. Like, you'll be okay. Like, it, it'll, it'll be fine. I'm like, okay. So he puts, like, four to six, I don't remember, of those sticks, basically, up in my vagina. Um. Does he at least lube them? I think I feel like they were wood. I really feel like oh. they were wood because it had to absorb. And it was very painful because they had to like soak up the liquid. So I had to like walk out of there with just these like things inside me. It was very Ooh. a very weird experience because I was like hyper aware of everything going on, right? Yeah. So they put these sticks in me and he's like, okay, I'll see you tomorrow. And so tomorrow you're going to have your surgery and we're going to um, take the baby out. No, they said that they're just going to, like, uh, I'll just go under. I'll be put under anesthesia and then I'll wake up and then uh, that's it. So I'm like, okay. So the next morning I get get to, to the hospital and my mom's with me, my dad, my sister, my brothers. Damien, oh my God, it was the worst thing ever because this is now like, part of saying goodbye and they're all in the waiting room oh my god it was so sad they're all in the waiting room and they call me back by myself and they're like okay change and I remember just like taking off my clothes and putting that robe on oh my god it hurts so bad like I was like that was when I got to say goodbye I was being in the room and I was like okay so I go back out and I'm in the gown and they allow my dad and my uh, my mom and my sisters to say, like, basically walk me back there. You know, yeah. I'm in the bed and they're loading me up. And then here comes the, this anesthesiologist and, he, uh, anesthesiologist. and he's like, hi. I'm like, hi. You know, and he's like, um, we have a problem. <laughs> and I'm like, of course we have a problem. And he's like, so you're going to have this baby. And I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, we're not going to, we're not going to put you under for, for this. And I was like, fuck you is actually what I said to him. And he looked at me like you bitch. Right. And I was like, you know, like I've just basically the last 24 hours had to stay awake through an abortion. Like, yeah, fuck you basically. And he was like, um, he's like, no, 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 honey. It's like, you'll be in this thing called twilight. And he's like, you need to have the baby because of, um, something to do with like scar tissue and in the best circumstance, if I want a future child. Yeah. I was like, how dare you? How dare you put that on me right now? You know what I mean? Like for a future child, like I'm like, I'm in the worst situation. That's the last thing you're thinking about right now. And so I was like, of course, like, I'm not going to be selfish and be like, no, put me under and who cares about a future child? Like, that's also yeah. something that I need to think about for Damien as well. Yeah. 
and the child. Like, I don't want to, I'm not a selfish person in that way. I'm very selfish, but not that way. <laughs> You're not. So I, um, I'm a, I was just so mad. And so they decided that was it. I had, I was going to have the baby. I was going to be put under twilight, which basically means like you're under anesthesia, but you're still awake. Yeah, you can take a direction. You, you're aware of what's going on, but you don't really like feel it and really, really remember. Right. That's what they said for me when I did my port. And I was like, I remember it all. I remember it all. Yeah. 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 So uh, there, it was so cool, though, because when I was in like in the waiting area in the bed, you know, I had all the IVs. And after that guy had come and ruined my life by saying that, there was nurses that would come up and they would just be like, I just wanted to say hi. Like, it was so cute because they knew the story, you know? And I think a lot of people get touched by losing a baby. Yeah. Like, I think some, you know, like one woman was like, oh, I'm praying for you. And oh, it was just so sweet. Like, to think strangers, you know? Yeah. Oh, I'm almost done. No. Sorry. Uh, um, so after that, um, we got to, you know, Damien, Damien was the last one in there. And then a do- another person came up and they're like, oh, so we're part of this. I don't think it was like an angels something. Mm-hmm. And you know me in my heart. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. I'm like, get out. Is anyone else trying to make me cry more, you know? Yeah. And she's like, you know, do you want your... Um, do you want the footprints of your baby? And I said, no. And I regret that. Yeah. So I was like, no, no, go. Like, please leave me alone. Like, all I wanted was people to leave me alone. Yeah. The whole time. And that's the one thing I wish I changed. Because people do that because it feels good to them. And it just was really nice when you're hurting, you know? Yeah. So. Well, the footprints are, they're in your heart, you know, they'll always be there. They are. And they, even the doctor asked me, like, do you want to hold the baby? Yeah. Fuck no. (laughs) No, leave me alone. And then I'm like, I don't regret not holding the baby, but my weird self is like what did it look like like how small you know like that crazy science part where I'm like like when I went in so I went in to have the surgery and I'm awake and you know you feel tugging nothing traumatic at all so they didn't have you like induced to push and stuff no and the baby was already deceased so the baby was not going to um help in any way either right like they are naturally supposed to yeah um so I don't recall much, you know, like I remember being in there. I remember, I remember talking to the doctor saying like, what do you look like? Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, the doctor was like, he was very, very small. You know, mm-hmm. so he's very small. I was like, okay. And that wasn't, that wasn't the most traumatizing part because I had to lay in the hospital bed for like, I think it was eight hours after having that baby because mm. you can't leave the hospital until you go poop. 
I and I and most and some women like actually poop when they're in delivery. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I couldn't. I first I couldn't walk. Like you have to be able to walk, and you have yeah. to you know you, use the restroom. And I couldn't do anything, so my mind was totally fine. And I'm just laying in a hospital bed after having a baby, and no, like I'm just like, get me out of here. You yeah, know? I didn't want a bar, thank God. So I know I'm not an alcoholic. Cause yeah. I, <laughs> had I wanted a bar, but I did just, I just wanted to go home. Like I'm yeah. like, the last place I want to be is a hospital. So, um, yeah, I went home, and it was so crazy to see like the the love and support of like friends and family, because then. The hurtful part, like I said, is the worst part was the aftermath. Yeah. It's like when people are like, oh, hey, how's it going? You know, you don't even look pregnant. And I'm like, "Mm, because I'm not anymore. Yeah. You know, so to tell that story and then to have people be like, oh, no, I feel so, you know, like. Yeah. You just want to go away. Or to see you look pregnant. Yes. And start asking you the the pregnant questions or not know that you lost the baby. Yes. So that was like, that's the hardest part is like the dealing with it, I guess, you yeah. know, like the, as much as I try to hide emotions, like you can't, you can't hide yeah. them. Like someone would ask me and I would just be like, Oh, well, there goes my night. <laughs> Gotta go home. Yeah. You know? So I think that like people like your, your choice, right. Obviously had to happen quick, but, yeah. and then the actual procedure was in the grand scheme of time was quick, even though maybe it felt like an eternity for you. But I think what, and then people hearing it or knowing it, it's like in a, it's like a moment in time when it happens. But I don't think people realize that like having to make that choice is a forever thing. Like it, it's, it weighs in your heart. It's on your mind. It's like a constant thing, you know, and, and that it's like to really have to be compassionate to people that go through that have that choice you know like I can't even imagine like when you have to fill out like paperwork it's like how many pregnancies have you had have you been pregnant do you have any children you're like yeah I have like you are a mother you have a child you know your child just is in heaven your child isn't here you know and it's like I know some (laughs) back to my like get annoyed like people have told me like happy mother's day in these last couple of years. And I'm like, fuck off. Hey, yeah. I was one of those people. <laughs> I know. I know because you love me, you know, like it's a kind thing to do. It's a yeah. kind thing to say. And it just like, I think it just breaks your heart. Right. So you're like, Oh, for me, I, I resort to anger. Like, yeah. I fuck off. You know, I like that. And that's just my way of protecting, you know, like it's my shell. It's my yeah. wall. I have a big wall. So I don't know. I, I, you're right sorry go ahead no you're right I am a mom and it is like footprints in your heart yeah have you been able to forgive yourself um yes so uh that's something that I think that goes along with the like depression of it all and like the healing of it because like I said you question everything and you were like did I make the right decision did I um, did I, I could have changed this. I could have done this. I could have done this. What if, what if? And, um, I think that if I had to do it again, I would do the exact same thing over again, except for the way that I 
I wish kind of like you in your situation, like I wish I was more of an advocate for myself. Mm-hmm. I wish I wouldn't have been like so fear-based on my situation. But at the end of the day, like I made my decision based on quality of life mm-hmm. and I protected my baby from having a terrible life in my opinion. Like I think I did, I think I 1000% did the right choice mm-hmm. for Damien and I. It still scares me to death to like go on. And, you know, I, t- I tell people, yeah, I want another baby. And then I, the next day I'm like, absolutely not. I'll never have children. Like I'm straight up like bipolar with yeah my feelings, but those are my true feelings. Like I truly 100% want a baby one day. And the next day I'm like, hundred percent confident that I will never have children yeah yeah. you know what I mean so I feel batshit crazy but it makes sense though it's like it's a traumatic experience you know it's like some people are like they get in a car accident and they're like well I need to drive I want to drive one day but then they're walking to the car and they just get all that anxiety and trauma and they're like I will never get in a car again I don't care if I have to walk 20 miles you know so it's it's very normal for you to feel that way you know and yeah I don't think it's anyone's place to tell you that you made a right or wrong decision right? based on their personal like beliefs or opinions of what they would do or even choices if they've been in your shoes, you know, it's like, this is your story and I'm so sorry that you had to go through it, you know, it's like, but I know that like being like I told you earlier like I think sometimes I'm like optim like being optimistically like in denial of things yeah but like how I see you as a person like knowing this loss and this pain that you have like I see that maybe you don't even realize it but that you've really inspired people you've inspired me at least and like your strength and like you're, you're nurturing actions as a mom, you know, like you were a mom from day one, like whether you wanted, thought you wanted to be pregnant, whether like you, like you said, you knew in your heart that there was something going off in your child, Yeah, you know, and you were able to detect that. Right. And I think that's like a beautiful thing, you know, and there's a lot of women that they don't share like a miscarriage within weeks, you know, and it's hard for them or they think they did something wrong or they're being punished or they don't know the reason. Like I just had a friend lose her baby and I think she's like 10 and a half weeks, you know, or like I've had two girlfriends lose three babies like that, you know, and one had to have a C-section and you know, it's like the baby survived for a short, 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 short amount of time. But it's like all those moments like especially like you're saying during the holidays it's like everyone's being joyful everyone's talking about their kids or people are pregnant it's like my friend couldn't be around pregnant people or talk to them oh man whenever I still to this day like seeing like a sonogram it makes me sick to my stomach and that that right there is a feeling of guilt like I feel so bad when like like one of my really good friends she was like, I'm pregnant. And I was just like, oh, God. Like, it made me sick to my stomach because mm-hmm. I instantly thought, like, oh, no. Like, it's traumatizing, right? I think it's yeah. rather than, you know, someone being like, oh, I'm pregnant. And I'm like, oh, yay. Like, no, I instantly, like, f- f- 
four of my girlfriends right now are pregnant. Yeah. And also seeing like there, I was pregnant with five other girls. And so their kids are now two, like two and a half, almost three years old. So seeing yeah. like that, there's a lot of triggers that go behind it, you know, mm-hmm. going to a baby shower. Oh, yeah. I've gone to one, but I hate it. You know? Do you think like, and I don't know, cause obviously like I'm an over deep thinker, but is there a part subconsciously that maybe makes you feel this way because you like know how you felt and you like you're you're scared until like the baby's actually born for yes. your friends like maybe I can't get excited for them because that might happen to them yes it, like it'd be another loss for you and then to comfort them through it I think that could be a piece of it but I think too there's a oh, there's a jealousy in there too where I'm mm-hmm. like how come she can have a nice, healthy baby? Like, yeah. that bitch drank wine. Every, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I can't, I can't honestly say that it's 100% like yeah. a fear-based, but more of there is jealousy in there too. You mm-hmm. know, there's like yeah. judgment where I'm like, like I said, like I know that girl drank a lot of wine or, yeah. you know, like just small things that yeah. you try not to think, but they, they come out. And I've learned a lot through this too of like allowing myself to feel Mm-hmm. Because it's like, it's okay to, ha- you know, like, it's okay to be jealous. It's okay to have yeah. these things. Like, when I found out I was pregnant, one of my good friends, she um, came to me, like, a month or two later, and she cried to me, and she's like, I'm so sorry that I didn't congratulate you. She was like, I was really jealous. And I was like, oh, my, I didn't even notice that you didn't congratulate me. And yeah. she was like, you know, this is like the third time doing in vitro and I can't get pregnant and you're over here just upset you're pregnant. You know what I mean? Yeah, so you yeah. just have to think of It's hard to think of everyone's story and everyone, you know, like mm-hmm. everyone's situation. But sometimes you don't. And like, yeah. I, I couldn't believe it. I felt so bad that I'm over here like trying to get yogis to help me love my baby and she can't even get one to stick you know yeah and she wants it and she's trying yeah so it's hard it is hard yeah it's I think before I before I was in my circumstance with like my cancer stuff and having to like freeze my eggs and having to even think of all that stuff because I've had friends that have lost babies it's just been I've been so sensitive to it Mm -hmm. and because I know I know how hard it is to get pregnant and people think it's easy to get pregnant because people will get pregnant on the first time or whatever. But oh, I totally thought that I'd be like, it's not a miracle, bro. Everyone yeah. gets pregnant. Anytime I'd see that. Yeah. It's not a miracle. And now I get it only because I, my only personal experience, like how selfish, but yeah. I mean, you, if you don't see it, you don't know. Right. And like to get pregnant is hard to keep the baby, Mm -hmm. the whole pregnancy, like there, you know, all of those complications and layers. And I think I'm like so sensitive to it and like the miracles and all that stuff that when I see people that are like, that act miserable when they're pregnant or they're very nonchalant about it, or they're like drinking when they're pregnant, like, well, I'm just having a drink a week or my doctor said I can or it's not true or stuff like that. And I just like lose it because I'm like, it's already so hard. And this baby is so like 
fragile and helpless. And like, you're a parent, like your job is to sacrifice and protect your child from anything. It's like, I, I hate the way I feel after I drink. I know I'm poisoning myself and I'm a grown adult. Like I can't even imagine like whether it would happen or not, like that I would even chance it, you know? And then to be having to live with that guilt, I just think I'm like, it's nine months to check, like to sacrifice for your kid for the rest of their life. And I, I know someone that drank when they were pregnant, Uh the like allowed, allowed amount or whatever. And their child was born with a defect Uh and whether it was due to drinking or not, the guilt that she has and says she has of the not knowing, like kills her. It's to me. I'm like, why would you want to put yourself through that? You know, or like, I don't know. That stuff is just so, I'm so uber sensitive. I feel so uncomfortable, but at the same time, it's like, I'm not a mom. I've never been pregnant. I can't like judge or assume or say anything. And I don't know how it would feel, but this one girl was like, yeah, I would drink when I was pregnant and I just needed to like, um, de-stress and like get through it. But now that like she has her kid and she's like, she drinks, she's like, Oh yeah, I just pump and dump, you know? And I'm like, I just can't like your child you can actually carry and soothe and help and take to the doctor or do some sort of like healing for them. But like when they were in your body more helpless, you, you weren't concerned about drinking. Yeah. You know, it's It's hard. I like, it's weird because like that, it, that doesn't trigger me. Doesn't? No, it doesn't. I think I, I, everyone has their reasons. Like, you know, whatever you do, you whether you have to take like bipolar medication, whether you're a drinker, whether I don't know, whatever it is that you do, I don't know why it doesn't trigger me. It's just literally seeing baby shit triggers yeah. me. Did just you like have baby in general? Did you have like a lot of gifts or things that you oh. were preparing? What did you do? Well, cause Christmas, so Christmas, all I got was baby stuff that year. I didn't yeah. like I didn't get gifts from for myself at all. Like oh, it was so cute. I had like all these different onesies, you mm-hmm. know. And my sister has a lot of my stuff. Yeah. Um that's yeah. Really oh, sweet yeah, I had her. a lot of clothes okay. and um that's pretty much what everyone got me for Christmas that year was yeah. all baby stuff. So I hesitate now. Like for my friend that lost her baby, like I hate to say this because I always I'm praying for my friends and I'm always like hopeful, but like I have anxiety for them because I'm like, I want to celebrate them and their kid. But I also like, I don't want to know that like they, they have to sit with these things and like be sad or see them or have to get rid of them or give them away. And so like I hold back sometimes gifting my friends things Mm -hmm earlier on in their pregnancy because I just think about what my friends have had to go through. Yeah. You know, I, I, yeah, I won't like, I won't, I, I'm still not really good with even acknowledging that you're pregnant. (laughs) Like I still kind of mask it. Oh yeah. It hurts, but I, I won't give a gift like until the baby's born. It's just my trauma, you know, like I'm like, I don't want to go to your baby shower either. <laughs> Have you gone to therapy about it? Yeah. Damien and I, um, we actually, we went to therapy together, which was huge. Yeah. But this has brought us a lot closer. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, we had to make a decision. At the end of the day, 
if I was a huge bitch, I could have just taken control of the whole situation and not considered Damien's feelings. But he, I mean, he's the one that lives with the aftermath of me. Like some days my depression is so bad. Literally like I'll get like, oh, it's a wonderful day. And then I'll just like hit the floor crying. And he's like, the hell? Like what the hell just happened? Like you just walked in the house, said you had a great day at work. And now you're on the floor like in fetal position sobbing. And I'm like, I don't, you know, like he has to deal with my depression and all the other stuff that comes along with your um, hormones and all those things. But I don't even know what you asked me. (laughs) You guys went to therapy. If we, yes, we did go to therapy and um, we went together. And I think that's very, 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 very important. And I think now I need to go to therapy on my own because it's still, Mm -hmm. you know, like, I don't think you'll ever get over it. Mm-hmm. This is also just a little drop this knowledge. This is not my first time aborting. I did have a um, a tubal pregnancy with Damien um, like eight years ago. Oh, yeah. So you ha- you have to yeah uh, you yeah. have to abort yeah. There's no. So I haven't had a good track record. <laughs> well, maybe third time's the charm, you right? Know? Yeah. Well, maybe Tyrone's coming back. Yeah, maybe T. <laughs> but I, I want to share that, like, I never understood depression. I never understood, like, lo- like the loss of someone. And there are really, really hard days. I get it. But if you stick in that mindset of like, woe is me, or like, did I make that decision? Did I make the right decision? You're stuck. Mm -hmm. And you're stuck in that forever. Like, you have to move. You have to keep moving. You cannot think like, what if, or we would be here now if, Mm -hmm. or I should have. Like, the only thing you could do is like, learn and like, okay, well, and if this happens again, if I'm pregnant, then all I know is... I'm just going to be an advocate for myself, right? And make sure it's okay to ask questions because I was like, oh, they know what they're doing. They're the pros. I'm not going to, I don't know. What do you mean? It's a, is it a boy or a girl? You tell me, you yeah, know? Like, yeah. So just being a little bit more um, like aware of things, but the feeling of it after and having depression is like your mind has to be strong. Mm-hmm. You have to have to keep picking yourself up. And you're going to fall and you're going to keep falling and you're going to keep falling. I mean, it's yeah. almost into year three and I'm still scared to have a baby, but I still move forward. I don't, I hide my depression well, I think, but yeah, you do. I, I think I do, <laughs> but it's because I want to have that mindset, you know, like yeah. I, you kind of have to trick yourself. I feel. Well, I don't know if hiding is like maybe the right word, but it, I feel like you acknowledge it like you you sit with it like you said if you come home and you're like you have like a reality check and you hit the floor crying like uh-huh. you're you're embracing it you're sitting with it and you're you're releasing your cortisol yeah you know? and your body is telling you and your mind is telling you like it's fighting and it's letting you do what it needs to be done yeah you know but then at the same time like you said your mind over matter you're like fighting it you're you're being positive you're moving on you're not letting it overcome you you're overcoming it yeah you know and I think that that's so important you know to not be in denial to not hide it all the time because that's not healthy 
Yeah. You know? Well, and too, like, you know, you go through stages too. But I thank the baby too, because I'm like, oh, maybe I do, you know, because I was full blown, like, didn't want children. And then yeah. now the baby came, and I'm like, oh, thanks, Tyrone. Like, yeah. you, you know, like, you made me think, like, maybe I do want a baby, or I, I do have the capability of caring and loving for someone. Mm-hmm. You know, like, so it taught me a great life lesson. Yeah. I think it taught me how to be a little bit kinder to people and not so mad when someone's, you know, decorating their house a <laughs> month early because, yeah. you know, their children are sad or whatever it is. But it, it's like everyone has their story. And I think even if we had like the worst things that happened to you, like you still can pick yourself up. And yeah. you're still allowed to have those days, even if it's 15 years later. Right. You know, there might be a song that reminds you of something or, but just keep going. Keep, yeah. Keep, keep going. Thanks, Kill. Yeah. One last question, because okay. I know I've had this thought too. Yeah. And I know when I went through my stuff, like, I, like, I thought it was important to tell people, like to share with people how to be there for someone else or what to say or not to say. So maybe you can share for people that haven't been through what you've been through, but know people that have or are going through it. Are there like things that maybe people should, shouldn't say or would be helpful for them to say or do, you know, if they're, if they know someone that's gone through a loss I think you just like nailed it on the head exactly is by asking them what they need yeah. because I had so many different reactions right and so I didn't know what I needed mm-hmm. you know but when yeah. people would they came by and they would drop off you know food or it was when people didn't do anything mm-hmm. and they would tell me later like sorry I didn't call you I didn't know what to say yeah. Or sorry I wasn't there because I didn't know how, you know, I didn't know what you needed or I didn't mm-hmm. know. But that hurt worse because, like, even one of my very best friends, like, wasn't there for me. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like strangers were there for me more than you. Like, I know I'm a hard person because I'm like, I don't want feelings. Don't bring me flower. Don't, you know. Yeah. But to ask, you know, like, hey, can I just, can I swing by and give you a hug? Or can mm-hmm. I just bring you a flower? Or can I, you know, just to ask. But even when people would ask me, like, how are you doing? It's still, even though I hated it, yeah, it still meant you cared. Right. You know? Yeah. So that's really hard because I'm sensitive to people's feelings of, mm. like, don't bug them. But, you know, like, yeah. I think by just asking them, mm-hmm. not saying, can I do anything for you? Because that's the worst. Right, right. <laughs> Where you're like, yeah. yeah, you can, actually. <laughs> Bring me a pizza. <laughs> Dying over here. <laughs> you know? But, like, checking in, I think, is just so important yeah and what girl doesn't like food dropped off at her front porch right this is very true food was really good for me because my one of my girlfriends like she's like okay so I have dinner being served and she's like I you know delivery because I know you don't want anyone talking to you or (laughs) seeing your eyes swollen I'm like that's so nice yeah (laughs) it wasn't about her it was about you yeah she didn't you know like need to show her face she's like it's taken care of yeah dinner's ready I know you're not gonna eat it so I made sure that it has stuff for you know like (laughs) to put in the fridge because you don't you don't have an appetite yeah and for Damien too yeah yeah because I think like 
it's such a powerful thing that you went through. It's so like moving and all of these different layers and emotions and everything. And like, you're the woman, you're the one who's carrying the child. But I think a lot of the times people forget about the man or the caretaker or, you know, and it's like, and especially in our society where it's like men shouldn't cry. They shouldn't show their emotions. They shouldn't talk about it. And it's like, it's really sad, you know? And it's like, great that you guys went to therapy and that like you acknowledge him and I think it's really 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 important because I like your hormones too are messed up so it's like for me like I it's like when I I don't know maybe like when you're when someone's taking care of you with cancer like you you don't realize that there's that person taking care of you Mm -hmm. you know what I mean and that's that's that was Damien you know like they're on the sidelines like no one's taking care of the caregiver Mm -hmm. yeah so it's like, really, they should really be paid attention to it, which people, they did. They did. Damien. But Damien's yeah. the sensitive one in the relationship. I know. I was going <laughs> to say, especially because he's sensitive. He's sensitive. He's such a good man. But, you know, people did. They were very aware of his feelings. Yeah. And I've tried. Thank you for letting me share with you. No, thank you. This was great. And I think a lot of this people. This was my worst saw- nightmare. Well, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Worse than the Beatles. Yes, I'd rather have Beatles all over me than have to cry and tell a sob story. In your steamy shower this morning. Oh, gosh. <laughs> My eyelashes are going to fall out. Yeah. <laughs> I look really good. Um, well, I love you, and I'm so honored that I was able to like sit with you and have you tell me your story like in depth, because I know we've talked about it before, and... Like, I don't really remember a lot of this because we were, like, closer, but we weren't as close as we are now, you know? And yeah. I feel like I was that one of those people that was like, I didn't know what, I didn't know how to do there, I wasn't super close with you, you know? And, like, yeah. maybe with my chemo well, I'm brain, sure even I don't remember. Best, best, best friends are like, Kelly, I'm going to have to listen to your podcast to hear your story because yeah. I don't. I don't share that kind of stuff. I remember when I, like, literally... Oh gosh, it was like three days after the abortion. I went to a comedy club because I was like, I have to just laugh. Like, yeah. I have to mask. Yeah, I went yeah. out to LA and I went to a comedy club. I had a freaking diaper on <laughs> and I just laughed and cried at the same time. But, yeah. You know, but that's the therapy you needed. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, like, knowing that. Y- like people go through things, right? And they carry them and just to, especially in the holiday season, you know, yeah. like it's not just a happy time for everyone. And we all like sacrifice through our life. And like whether you're Christian or not, like Christmas is based on Christ's sacrifice for us. And like you made a sacrifice for your child. And we all like go through different things, whether it's on the outside and people can see it or it's on the inside or maybe it's someone that went through it just to be a little bit more like kind this year and yeah. just kind of think about people that might have lost someone, especially these last two years, people have had a lot of loss, whether it's physical or not, you know, and just to just yeah. reach out and and love yourself too. Like if you've gone through this, like talk about it, connect with other people, don't carry that guilt. Forgive yourself. and Yeah, feel the feeling and let yeah. it pass. That's my biggest thing is like, 
I feel the feeling all the time, but being able to let it pass right away too, you know, like I'll drive here to your house sobbing and then I get here and I'm like, I feel great. Like I feel light. I aired it out, you know? So it's like, if you, you know, that song triggers you, you know, cry it out and then go Sweat it out, cry it out, (laughs) get that cortisol out. Get it out, then go party, you know, don't carry it with you. I think that's a big thing. Yeah. Have those moments where you're like, okay, I'm going to acknowledge it, cry, whatever, right. And then I'm not going to let it drag or last forever. Like you just have like a rule with it, you know, but I love you, Kyle. I'm so proud of you. you. And anyone can talk to me. I've talked to a few people about, um, their stories. Mm -hmm. Like I've kind of connected with them through Instagram of like, Hey, just so you know, like not a lot of people know my story, but your story helped me. Mm -hmm. So anyone can direct message me. You're not going to annoy me. (laughs) Get in her DMs. (laughs) Slip in her DMs. (laughs) I'll let you talk to me about it. No, I, I, uh, I want to keep going with it because I mean, the more you talk about it, I I've already feel better. My armpits are still sweating, but I feel like a little, a light, like relief. Yeah. So. Good. Well, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy, Happy holidays. holidays. <laughs> Happy Hanukkah. Yeah. We love you all. And thanks for listening in and we'll see you next time. And don't subscribe either. Yeah. Don't do it. Yep. Don't be animal. <laughs>